the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things. Put them in your brain. Hello, funky listeners, and welcome back to yet another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your other host, Peter. It's been a long time since yeah. we did our last funk because I don't really know why. Uh, well, we had our um, 50th episode not that long ago. Yeah. So, yay for us. And we had some cool people join us for that episode. That was, that was pretty fun. That it. was super duper fun. So, yeah, this is our 51st episode. Yes. Um, and here's to another 50. Yay. <laughs> yeah, pretend I have wine glass in my hand. Um, Actually, you know, this will be our 52nd. Oh, it will? No. Why? Yeah, well, because if we do it at 5 minute phone, they'll probably get re- released before this. So, Aww. if you're listening to episode 52 of Funk Radio, and we said 51, don't be confused. I can't count. <laughs> What's on our funky plate for today, Mr. Kyle? We thought it would be interesting to talk about how the telephone is related to funk and soul music. Because the telephone today, be it the iPhone or whatever, is far removed from the telephone of yesteryear. And back in the, you know, 60s, 70s, and 80s, uh, the telephone was very was a very different social medium. And yes, it was. it's interesting to kind of see how different artists approach the concept of the phone. Yeah. I guess because it's it, it today people just say, hey, text me or Facebook me or <laughs> Skype me or tweet me. Yeah. People really don't have big, long conversations on the phone anymore. But back in the day, that was like the main and only form of communication between friends and lovers. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if it's any way to measure it, I mean, the music itself, it's, I think the telephone is a lot more significant in interpersonal relationships of any kind back in these decades, a lot more than they are now. And it's funny to see that throughout many, you know, genres and artists and everything, so many people use the phone or like the phrase, call me, you know, for example, it's basically just a way of saying like, hey, I'm here for you, or hey, let's hook up, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, where I don't I don't know if that's as common anymore. Uh, certainly, like you said, people don't really talk on the phone as much anymore, and you know it's all gone to texting and internet stuff now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's definitely changed. But it's interesting to look back at, at these songs and see how different artists use the phone and phrases related to the phone to share their feelings for someone else. For sure. On that note, let's jump into our first song regarding the telephone. Uh, which is the song, probably one of the first big popular, I suppose, telephone-related songs, uh, Memphis, Tennessee by Chuck Berry. For those of you that don't know, Chuck Berry is an American guitarist, singer, and songwriter, and is one of the pioneers of rock and roll music, because he has a song called Rock and Roll. (laughs) (laughs) He had such amazingly famous hits as Maybelline, Roll Over Beethoven, Rock and Roll Music, and Johnny B. Good. Uh, Chuck Berry refined and developed rhythm and blues into a major elements that made rock and roll distinctive, with lyrics focusing on teen life and consumerism, and utilizing guitar solos and showmanship that would later influence subsequent rock music for decades to come. Cool. This particular song, although not one of his more famous ones, was actually performed in the movie Go Johnny Go, which was one of the first popular quote-unquote rock and roll movies of the 1950s. 
Yeah, those are actually yeah, those really helped popularize um, rock and roll among the youth. Agreed. In the fifties, because you know the the movie would feature the music, and then you know the music the music would later then boost the popularity of the movie, like Rock Around the Clock, for example. Uh-huh. That, was, that was like probably the one of the first big ones, stuff like that. So I mean, you still get music today that is popularized through movies, but not not nearly in the same way that it was before in movies like this. Yeah, with this particular song too it just kind of is the concept of people calling each other on the phone missing calls phone tag such things as that yeah to be honest i didn't even know this i mean i'd never even heard the song until it was added to our shall we say playlist Mm -hmm. um so i got to listen to it and i thought it was pretty cool a little bit more country than some, Mm -hmm. some of his bigger hits but he was definitely very influenced by country as well as rhythm and blues um, and you can definitely see a little bit more of the country in this particular song hmm. but I encourage you guys to watch the movie Go Johnny Go because it's one of those just awesomely terrible 50s movies like <laughs> like remember all the surfer movies that came out in the 50s too God. <laughs> and there, didn't, didn't we end up discovering there was one that had Stevie Wonder in it oh yeah I don't remember which one, but we... I don't either, but it was... I I just remember... I remember looking up a clip afterwards on YouTube, and it was just Stevie Wonder playing the keyboard on the beach. Probably probably having no idea where he was. Um, So, yeah, without further ado, let's listen to a little clip of Memphis, Tennessee by Chuck Berry. Long-distance information, give me Memphis, Tennessee. Help me find the party, try to get in touch with me. She could not leave. So what we got up next, Mr. Peter? Coming up next, Mr. Peter, is another kind of an old song, not quite as old as that one. It is a song called 6345789, Soulsville, USA, by Wilson Pickett. Um, this is probably one of the most famous uh, phone-themed songs of all time. Um, this song was written by Eddie Floyd and Steve Cropper, who were from uh, Stax Records in Memphis, Tennessee, just like the song we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, because... The names Eddie Floyd and Steve Cropper sounded familiar, particularly um, Eddie Floyd. And turns out he was actually the original guy who performed the song Knock on Wood in 1966. Yep. Which he also co-wrote with Steve Cropper, the guy who he co-wrote with this song. So I didn't know actually that the same guys wrote those two songs. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and they actually performed it in the same year as this song by Wilson Pickett. Um, so Wilson Pickett recorded 6345789 on his second album, which is called The Exciting Wilson Pickett. That's kind of a cool name. The song has famously been covered by artists like Otis Redding, Tower of Power, Bon Jovi, and Bruce Springsteen. Why don't we go ahead and listen to a little clip of 6, 3, 4, 5, 7, 8, 9. I didn't know that the, um, the like the second parentheses part of this song title was Soulsville, USA. Really? Because I don't think I've never seen that. I don't think he mentions it in the song itself. Uh, there's Soulsville Foundation in Memphis, Tennessee. Let's try Soulville. Oh my God! There's a Soulville. It's in England. <laughs> uh, so in the song, 
for example, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little bit of uh, some a few of the lines from this song. He says, "If you need a little hugging, call on me. If you want some kissing, call on me, baby. No more lonely nights. Will you be alone? All you gotta do is pick up your telephone and dial six three four five seven eight nine. So he's saying, "Hey, I'm only a phone call away. If you want my loving." So. <laughs> Did uh, anyone actually try to call that number? Good question. I don't know what the area code would be. Would be. Because I remember, oh, I totally forgot who sang it, that 80s song. Uh, oh, God, now I'm going to forget the numbers. Uh, that one that's also a telephone number, it's like 637450. I don't know. Something, oh, it ends with nine. It, yeah, they both end with nine. That's, that's why it's throwing me off. Uh, whatever. But it's not the same number? No, it's not. It was a big popular 80s song, and I guess a bunch of people tried to call the number. People around the country in the different area codes that happened to have that number, like a ton of people were like really annoyed by it and ended up having to change their number. And I think one of them even sued That's the really guy funny. that wrote the song. <laughs> I gotta look up the song now. Three eight six seven five three zero nine. Yeah, that's it. By Tommy Two Tone. So yeah, that song eight six seven five three zero nine by Tommy Two Tone, who I have no idea who that is, and that's a really stupid name. <laughs> let's I not guess. let's not jump to conclusions. He might be a very nice man. But yeah, I guess a bunch of people called the number, and the people around the country that had that number were like really t- ticked off at the guy and like sued him. That's part of the reason that like when you see phone numbers listed in like television and stuff now, they always have five 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 as the first three digits because no phone number has those three digits. Interesting. So I, I'm willing to bet that at least a few people called six three four five seven eight nine. I think we should do it right now on the show. <laughs> You should do that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. If only we had, like, a actual, what do you call it, like a telephone receiver. Speaking of calling people, Aretha Franklin wants you to call her in her song, Call Me. <laughs> that was, Does she want you to call her or call you, Kyle? I hope she doesn't want people to call me. I want to call her. Call Kyle by Aretha Franklin. <laughs> that might have been the worst segue I ever said, by the way. Um, anyways. I don't know. We've done pretty bad. That's true. Uh, yeah, we've done segues just by rhyming innocuous things. That's true. <laughs> yeah, anyways, so the next song in our list is Call Me by Aretha Franklin. Uh, the song was co-produced by Jerry Wexler, Tom Dowd, and Arif Martin. Franklin actually came up with the idea for the song when she saw a young couple engaged in deep conversation on New York's Park Avenue. Before they parted, Franklin heard them say to each other, I love you, call me. With the exception of Franklin on piano, musical backing for Call Me was handled by the members of the Muscle Shoals Rhythm Section. That's cool. So yeah, I guess that little phrase, I love you, Call Me, inspired her mm-hmm. to write that song because as you were saying, uh, the phrase Call Me back then meant something probably, I think meant a little bit more than it does today because it wasn't as easy and proliferate of a thing to do. You actually had to go home to call somebody. <laughs> Plus, I mean, like, um, well, the point of Call Me is, well, while there's distance between us, if we call each other, it'll be like we're close. But the difference today is that we have things like Skype, we have things like Facebook, we have, yeah, smartphones as well. I mean, at any given time, you're pretty much linked with anybody you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Which is a lot different from back then. No, people still say, oh, call me. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it really carries the same... Do people still make that, do do people still make that little phone symbol with their hands like they used to? 
Or probably because, jokingly. I don't think people. Do I think you know what you know what we need to do. You know what we need to do because everyone's phone now is basically just like a little thin brick with glass. Okay. The new phone symbol should just be like the palm of your hand held up to your face. <laughs> I think that's the new symbol for call me. Is you, it's like the, the Vulcan thing where like they put the two fingers to the ear, but you put like all you put like your whole palm to your ear. Why don't you try to popularize that, and then <laughs> in our next episode we'll come back and you can tell us how it went. I will. I will go around and do that, and then people will probably think I have a mental disorder. Walking around with your hand on your face. Exactly. With on that note, let's listen to a little clip of "Call Me" by Aretha Franklin. I love you. While we were listening to that clip of Call Me by Aretha Franklin, uh, Kyle reminded me that uh, there's also a very famous song by Al Green, also called Call Me, and uh, we're going to talk about that right now. Al Green's version of Call Me, which is actually fully titled Call Me, parentheses, Come Back Home, was a song written by Al Green and released on his 1972 album of the same name, and it peaked at number 10 on the Billboard Top 100 and number 2 on the R&B chart, hmm. and was certified gold by the RIAA. Yeah, yeah definitely one of his... Better songs, in my opinion. Probably my second or third favorite. Mm. Not really a whole big story about it. Same subject matter we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. Except in this case, I think he is wanting a woman who left him to call him so he can convince her to come back. Mm. Kind of in more of a desperate plea. Which is an interesting take. Yeah, well actually, now now that you mentioned Call Me by Al Green, that rings a bell, no pun intended. I know I've heard this before, I just, I just, I didn't I didn't think of it when yeah. we were building this playlist. But thank you for mentioning that. For sure. And now we can listen to a clip. Tell you it's all in the way you feel. So, as we said, that was Call Me by Al Green. Oh, funny anecdote, kind of to do with telephone. Oh, actually, very to do with telephones. So my um, my grandma on my dad's side, who lived in this very small town in Illinois, and whom I would visit on often occasions because I would I lived near her during my childhood. Um, in her bedroom, she had a telephone that I swear was like the prototype of Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> It was one of those rotary dial telephones, mm-hmm. and it had like this very ornate looking, I guess, what do you call it, receiving end, phonograph, whatever you call it, head, perched on the top of it and was held up by like these two, I guess, two stands that like just kind of held the top of the phone in place. And it looked like a phone that you would call the Queen of England on, <laughs> like if you wanted her to come help you. Like, you know how, like, the Powerpuff Girls had, like, the red phone? Right. That they would call, like, that's the phone you call for Queen of England with her superpowers. Did you ever, when your yes. grandma was in the other room, did you ever secretly call the Queen of England? No, I, I did not know her number, unfortunately. But oh, it's it, not like the since, Powerpuff Girls phone where you just push the one button or whatever? No, unfortunately. It's a rotary, so you have to, like, and it, trust me, with a rotary, it takes, like, five minutes to dial. 
But now that we know that Soulsville is actually in the UK, I bet that number probably reaches the Queen of England. Perhaps. You know, like that joke that like things smell like old people. That phone. That's reeked. not a joke. That's reality. True. That phone reeked of old people. <laughs> Speaking of old things, we have a song from the '80s. We just made a lot of people feel really old. <laughs> um, we have the third song in a row called "Call Me." This one's by a group called Sky. They were a disco R&B group signed to the New York City-based Soul Records during the early 80s. Call Me was released in 1981. It was one of the group's only two singles that ever reached the Hot 100. But it was actually very popular in dance clubs. Yeah, usually if a, if a disco song... I mean, as popular as disco was, I think a lot of the time, especially as it started to get into the 80s more... It became harder for disco songs to be at the top of the the popular music charts, and they kind of shifted into the the dance music charts rather. So this song is from a woman's perspective to her male friend who is dissatisfied with his current lover, um, because I, I it doesn't sound like she really appreciates his company at all, which is pretty terrible considering that they're lovers. The singer, the woman, tells this guy that even though that his woman is a friend of hers, that he can call her anytime. If he needs someone to talk to, basically saying, hey, I know my friend is not being a very good girlfriend to you, so you can call me instead. <sighs> I can dig it. Yeah. The refrain goes, well, I've been watching you, boy, and I've got what you want, got what you need. Though your girlfriend's a friend of mine, here's my number and a dime. Call me anytime. That's back when you had to pay and a pay phone. That's true. They still, do they still have pay phones? I, I, I don't mean to sound very... Yeah, they use pay, they, there's pay phones. Because I have never in my life ever used a payphone. I think that's a bucket list thing for me. <laughs> Use a payphone. Does your grandma's phone have like a slot in the side where you have to put money in? No, you have to put rubies <laughs> and sapphires because that's how you pay the Queen of England in jewels. Do those jewels get transferred through the phone line to the Queen? Yeah, it, it's the, the energy from the jewels is harvested through a satellite that apparently they had back then and then transferred to the queen's crown and that's how she actually absorbs all of her queenly superpowers the more you learn the more you make up yes but we did not make up anything about this song called me by sky and to prove it let's go ahead and listen to a clip Yeah, call me by Sky. Pretty good. I think we should call them. Uh, I don't know if they're still around, though. Are they dead? I don't know. A lot of these disco bands, you know, they disappeared. True. Coming up next is the song Private Number by Judy Clay and William Bell. Um, In 1967, fun fact, William Bell actually co-wrote the song Born Under a Bad Sign with Booker T. Jones of Booker T. and the MGs. Cool. And that actually became a signature song for the blues musician Albert King, who was a very, very famous blues dude. So yeah, pretty cool. Is he the brother of B.B. King? <sighs> it was actually later popularized by the cover done by Cream, which is the famous band of uh, Eric Clapton. Cool. A year later, in 1968, Bell's collaboration with Miss Judy Clay would yield the memorable hit, Private Number. 
little fun fact about the intro to the song. The instrumental intro was actually sampled in like a ridiculous number of other songs. I looked it up on that site, Peter, um, who sampled. Mm-hmm. And just a ridiculous list of just like every artist you could think of. We could seriously do like a whole episode of just that. That'd be cool. Some of the more famous electronic artists that cover the song are Pretty Lights with his song Finally Moving. I know we actually, for a fact, played this song in an earlier episode when we uh, reviewed one of his albums. Um, other artists are Metaform with their song Crush and Nightmare on Wax's You Witch. Funny story about this song before we go into it. I didn't know this song existed. I just noticed a similarity in the sampling of these other electronic artist songs. So I'm on Spotify just messing around trying to find new artists. And I hear this thing again on this song called Private Number. And I was like, no, not another one. But as I continue to listen to the song, I'm like, hey, this song kind of sounds kind of old, a lot older than all the other stuff I've been hearing it in. Maybe this is where it came from. (laughs) So... So it, ended up, it ended up being the original yeah, song. Yeah, it ended up being the original song that all these other songs that I enjoyed got it from. That's pretty funny. But they they only sample the intro, right? Yeah, it's something, I don't know, something about it, like, like sounds really sweet, so yeah. a lot of artists end up putting it in their stuff. So, without further ado, let's uh, listen to a little clip of Private Number by Judy Clay and William Bell. Hopefully Peter will actually play the intro so I don't sound like a dork. Okay. This is one of those songs that's slightly obscure, but still one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a good song. Yeah, it is actually really obscure. William Bell, I mean, he had a, he had a couple of hits, but he wasn't, like, ma- a major player. Mm. He didn't change the game. So, uh, what do we got up next, Mr. Peter? Coming up next is a song called All You Do Is Dial by Heatwave. Heatwave was a funk disco band signed to the New York City-based Epic label. Um, this song, All You Do Is Dial comes from their 1976 album, Too Hot to Handle, which is one of my favorite funk albums of all time. Now, Kyle, you have this album on vinyl, is that correct or no? Um, let me see. of All You Do Is Dial by Heatwave. I think that's the first time on our show that we've played a song clip that way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We should try I, to do that more often. I was going to say, I, I'm slowly amassing a fairly reputable collection. We should do that more often. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it doesn't sound like total crap through the microphone. It seems like almost every episode there's at least one song that we talk about that you have. Yeah, I have almost a, I have almost 100 records right now. Wow. And you've only been doing it for, what, a couple months? 
three or four months, but so I know where to, I know where to get them very cheap. Like I don't think I've ever paid more than ten dollars for a vinyl. So yes, that um, album was too hot to handle, which includes other songs that they're a lot more popular for, like Boogie Nights and Always and Forever. This particular song that we are talking about, not one of the more famous ones, but it's pretty good. Wow. All you do is dial is sung from a male perspective, as you might have been able to tell. He's telling his woman friend that everything in life may be terrible. For example, she's out of cash, has no food in the freezer. Ben stood up, and the date was just a teaser. So a lot of bad things happening. But regardless, she can call him at any time, and he will make things better. That's kind of sweet. Yeah. So the brave friend goes, So just get on the line any old time. I'm always ready to make you smile. Girl, pick up the phone if you're alone, and it'll be over in just a while. Baby, all you do is die. I think the song is about a booty call. <laughs> <laughs> that could be true. Well, they're all worded pretty similarly, so maybe they're all all these songs are about booty calls. I think we should just call this the booty call episode. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of booty calls, the next song we have coming up is the song I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder, which was actually featured in the 1984 comedy The Woman in Red, which is about a booty call, kind of. Not really. Um, but there's a woman in it. Yes. For those of you that don't know, The Woman in Red uh, is a comedy with Gene Wilder, where he plays a sort of nerdy guy who is kind of stuck in a rut marriage and comes across this beautiful woman who, I guess, entices him into certain infidelity. Inf- Infidelish, infidelicious, it's delicious. <laughs> now this is in '84. Was Gene Wilder kind of old in this movie? Yeah, he was. Starting to have some sort of gray hairs, losing his hair. Started to look like the clown from It. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this song, along with two others, were actually written and performed by Mr. Wonder for the uh, movie. And it was funny because it, uh, this particular song scored number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for three weeks. And actually became Stevie Wonder's only solo UK number one success. Mm-hmm. So despite all of the amazing songs he wrote, only this song, which was written for a movie that wasn't even that famous, was his only number one song in England. I guess they don't appreciate him as much. Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was I thought that was an odd I guess tidbit about this song because uh, this is an '84. He's been a, he, he, at that point he had been around for. 20 years, literally. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of odd. Especially since I remember in a prior episode, we found out that he recorded Living for the City in England in a recording studio there. I'm just like, okay, whatever. That's funny. But yeah, despite being his only big hit in England up to that time, it was at least his 10th number one on the R&B chart in America and his fourth number one on the adult contemporary chart. I didn't even know that was a chart. They they have charts for, like, everything. They have, like, charts for, like, children's easy-listening adult jazz fusion. That's a good chart. For babies. In addition, the song actually won him both a Golden Globe and an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Nice. So, nice accolades for him there. There was actually a dispute among Wonder and his former writing partners, Lee Garrett and Lloyd Chaite? Chai Latte. Let's call him Chai Latte. Between Lee Garrett and Lloyd Chilate, um, as to who actually wrote the song, Chilate claimed um, in a lawsuit that he and Garrett wrote the song years before its 1984 release, 
However, a jury ultimately sided with Wonder, probably because they felt bad because he didn't know where he was. You might have known. He just wanders into the jury room while they're deliberating. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> this is insensitive against blind people. Going back. Or at least Stevie Wonder. It is guaranteed if his name is even mentioned in an episode that we do, it will come back to him being blind. I think the first time we ever played a Stevie Wonder song on Funk Radio, I said, fun fact, Stevie Wonder is blind. Well, it's fun in that he was able to make such a huge career out of himself. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, yeah, like, I, despite I'm not knocking that at all. I honestly think if anyone, they should make a biopic out of next to, like, Ray Charles, it should be him. That would be amazing. Okay, fun proposal. If they were to make a Stevie Wonder biopic, who do you think should play him? Um, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> well, I would have, I would, honestly, I would have said Bernie Mac, but he's dead. Mm. Um, that he didn't guy? really look like Stevie Wonder. He, he used to be skinny. I mean, he got fat yeah. before he died. Eddie Murphy, but they're actually really good friends, so that would be kind of weird. Plus, Maybe it would be really special. He could, he, could, uh, he, could pull out, he could pull out the fat suit from Nutty Professor for his later years. Oh, God. <laughs> we should probably cut that one out. Of all the things that we've said, we should cut that one out. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, um, anyways, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to mull that over a bit. So, so in the end, the jury Morgan Freeman. Stevie Wonder on that case. About yeah. the songwriting thing. That's yeah, cool. yeah, basically, yeah, they ended up siding. Because it makes sense. I mean, obviously, there was some sort of spat between them. And Mr. Chai Latte wanted to get revenge. But, like, why would you write a song years before and then not release it? Or, like, not at least approach your recording company about it? Yeah. And then let it get let it get released without yeah, saying anything. exactly. I don't know. Until after the fact. That's far behind us now uh well since i believe we've probably unfortunately made fun of stevie wonder enough um i think we should regain his trust by playing this amazing song i just called to say i love you because in actuality we love stevie wonder that's true made up of these three words that i must say to you i just called to say i love you Speaking of booty calls. Again. Again. We have our last song. It's called What's Your Name, What's Your Number? This is a disco song by Andrea True Connection. Now, we talked about Andrea True in one of our previous episodes. It was our first five minute funk, actually. It was episode 32. So if you want to go back into our repertoire of episodes, to episode 32, you can listen to a few minutes of us talking about um, the brief but very interesting story of how she turned in from a porn star into a pretty popular disco singer. That's only popular for a couple of years before disappearing into obscurity for the rest of her life. I'm sad. Yeah, it's sad, but uh, one of my more favorite uh, stories of coming to fame. So this song was written by Bobby Woods and Roger Cook and appeared on her 1977 album, White Witch. Um, Andrea True was known for her disco dance-oriented songs, and likewise, the lyrics of this song are actually about a woman uh, who meets a good-looking man on the dance floor at a discotheque, and he ends up asking her for her phone number. She says, I couldn't believe he was looking my way. He turned to his friend. This is what I heard him say. Who is that girl? I've got to find out. What's your name? What's your number? 
It's a nice upbeat. Sound just like her. It's uncanny. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so in in some cases, the songs are about two people who have a well-established relationship, and they say, call me if you want, you know, to feel better. In this case, it's two people meeting for the first time, and they're saying, what's your number so that we can develop a relationship or something? Mm. Or a booty call. Yeah, I think that's that's more the case. Anyway, should we go ahead and listen to a clip of What's Your Name, What's Your Number by Andrew Tukinick? That was What's Your Name, What's Your Number by Andrew True Connection. And like I said before, that's the last song on our list for today, which is kind of sad. But um, it's funny to see how throughout a couple of decades worth of songs from the 50s into the 80s, you can see how the idea of the phone transcends genres and artists a long time. And it's it's definitely an important motif in people's lives. At least it was. Yeah. Well, they had that new song that was really popular recently, too, um, Call Me Maybe. That's true. So. As much as we've said in this episode that people don't use phones anymore, people actually do use phones. Yeah. Except they're just smart now. Yeah, really. So I guess their phone motif is still catchy enough to make a hit song. True. Maybe not, not as frequently as in the past, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, true. Now it's all like, send me your nudie pics, girl. Okay, so, um, yeah, no, that was a good little episode. It makes me want to call some people, if you know what I mean. And you listeners can call us at any time in a matter of speaking. Please don't. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, you can call on us on our Facebook page. Call me, beat me, if you want to reach me. Do you ever watch Kim Possible? Not more than a little bit, no. Oh, I, used to, I love that show. Wait, call me, beat me? Yeah, because she had, like, like, a pager thing. I don't even know what it was. Oh, beep me. I thought you said beat me. <laughs> I was like, what? What kind of show is this? As I, was, as I was trying to say, you can like us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. We would highly appreciate it if you liked our page, and we will return the favor by giving you all of our episodes as soon as they come out, uh, once or twice a week, as well as other fun, funky links and cool stuff like that usually it's uh songs that we find or albums that we're looking at and stuff like that so um if you want to continue to explore music as we hope we help you do on our show like us on facebook and that will expand your mind subscribe to us on facebook like peter said and itunes and facebook and facetunes and ibook and funk twitter we should we should i was gonna say we should start a twitter account even though i do not get the point of twitter whatsoever you don't use Twitter either. No. Uh, don't like us on Twitter because we don't have a page. <laughs> because we don't have one. Join us next time for another exciting episode of Folk Radio. Find out what happens to Mermaid Man and Particle Boy. Thanks for listening to Funk Radio. See you next time. We love you. Bye. For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.